Salutations! Woo! Woo! Gotta clap. Oh, yeah, gotta clap for that, man. Come on, man. There you go. And welcome to the 63rd episode of the In the House podcast, the official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, Yeehaw. which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I'm tickled. To be here tonight. <laughs> I'm tickled to be here you're tonight. You're not jazzed. You're not thrilled. You're not, I'm not amped. I'm not, not pumped. Amped, not, I'm yeah. tickled to tickled. be here tonight. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. We, uh, we've got a game review to talk about. We've got a game preview to yeah, talk man. about. We've got a lot of ticket news, stadium news, yeah. stuff going on in that, in that vein right now. And uh, I can you know safely say that I'm ready to talk about all of it. So I hope so. Um, well, part of that is that yeah. I am an official employee of Louisville City Football Club. My opinions are those of myself alone and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our partners, our sponsors, or the club itself. I can think of no one better to help me with all of this, though, than my partner, who tonight will have to carry a heavy, heavy load oh, because... Peach purple stuff is all I'm saying. Oh, my God. But uh, Andy, Andy's going to have to carry a large load, and he'll be carrying it tonight as he comes to us live from a raincoat emporium in Caracas, Venezuela. Yeah. Andy Frederick is yeah. here. Andy, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Yeah. Venezuela's beautiful. Gorgeous. Without all the upheaval, it's sure. beautiful. If you look past it, it's beautiful. And they, It's a dangerous uh, place. Kind of the couture center of the world for raincoats. A lot of okay. people don't know that. Did not know that. Great a lot of people raincoats. don't know that. It's crazy. Great raincoats there. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, so much so that they have an emporium. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> Excellent. Andy, uh, I didn't watch the last game with you. It's always unusual no. for us to have not. Uh, I mean, at least I, I come and stand under Scouse's house to watch at yeah. least a half of almost every game. Yeah. And so, uh, and we generally watch the away games together. We didn't watch this game together. What did you? Uh, what was your? What was your feeling? How do you? Meh. How do you feel? Meh. Just meh. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Where did you watch the game? Where did it was on Sunday. What did I do? Oh, I didn't. I watched the game afterward. I watched clips of the game afterward. Oh, clips. My wife makes me do social things. Social stuff. Social, social stuff things. other than going to Hopcat to watch the game with me. Yeah, I know. I, that's what I said. I, I don't I know mean, what could be more social. I don't but either. she's, you know, my wife and yeah. occasionally my child. And so, like, they're, you know, obligations. She's already using Leo against you? All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Andy, we've got a good guest tonight. We have an amazing guest. Tonight. We have got a uh, official, a uh, leadership council member. A uh, I'll ask for the actual title because he's something. Oh yeah. But uh, of the Coopers. Yeah. In the spirit of cooperation that we're attempting to foster these days. I don't even think attempting is the word to use. Anymore, we're doing we it. We are fostering. Like I feel we're, like everything that we have set in place has gone really well. So and we're all holding hands right now. Yeah. Well, with I mean, our that was off. Yeah. We we do that for every episode. <laughs> so don't feel too special. This is this is just the norm <laughs> for us. Uh, we have got Matt Dalton here tonight. Matt, thanks for joining Hello. us. Hello. Thank, so yeah. Thank you so much. First time, long time. <laughs> Matt, what, <laughs> what is your official title with the Coopers? I am the secretary. Secretary. Uh, I send out newsletters. Uh, I run the Twitter. You are the newsletter guy. Yeah, that's me. Because that's yeah. a good newsletter. You guys do a nice thank job you, with thank that. You very so, much. would you say you're the face of the Coopers? 
No, I'm like the voice. Of the there it is. Yeah. There it is. Which nowadays is better than the face. It weighs better, being, right? Like, yeah, you want you want people you want to be the voice. Yeah, and we're on for, a podcast right now. Yeah, yeah, we, we want to be the voice. Pro- projecting voice consistently. Right. Uh, that's fantastic. Matt is uh, heavily involved, obviously, in the Coopers in all ways, shapes, and forms. We're going to dig in deep and learn a little bit more about Matt, about what the Coopers have got going on, about uh, this spirit of cooperation that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll do that throughout the show. But, you know, this is this is a Scouse's House in the House podcast. We're going to do our thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Matt Dalton, thing. will you please, for our benefit, flip a coin? Okay. All right. Oh, this is dramatic. It is dramatic. Oh. It's Tails! What do you know? Excellent! Crazy. Tails! We love when it comes up Tails here. And uh, <laughs> it is, it's exciting. We're going to do a game review first. Breaking laws of statistics at this point. And we're, we're dangerously close to the law of big numbers. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it is uh, Tails, so it's a game review. And uh, our most recent game was played... On the road in the Great White North, Canada. It was mm-hmm. in uh, the land of Justin Trudeau. I like Trudeau. Everybody does. Seems like an. How nice do you guy. not like Trudeau? He right? seems, although he's less like media facing than he was. He had like an eight month period. Oh in 2017, yeah. 18, where you couldn't turn around without like Justin Trudeau. Well, he's doing push ups in front of him. Is, yeah. Is, is, is uh, you know, skydiving in Saskatchewan. Look how strong I am, eh? Yeah. And uh, look how polite I am. And I'm all in favor of socialized medicine. And I'm not Donald Trump. Like, it was a lot of that for about a solid eight months. He's less out he's there less now. He's less out there now. I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing him as often. Is that, a, is that a sign of his confidence? Or I don't know how, like, the Canadian, Canadian government? government works. Yeah, like, what are their no elections idea. like? Is it like, is it a fist fight? Do you have to... That would be awesome. If it was a lumberjacking contest? Yeah, I thought it was one of those like, yeah, like (laughs) where they climb the log and they have to like, yeah, there's a chainsaw in there at some point. Trudeau can handle a chainsaw. Yeah, I can see that. He can totally. Frankly, if you just posted a video link that said Justin Trudeau chainsawing naked, you would you there. would you would have a billion views. You're a viral sensation. Yeah, absolutely. We should ask. Him. And then instead, it's a video of us singing uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up." What if he listens to this? Justin Trudeau, avid listener of the In the House podcast, <laughs> well known, documented. <laughs> we look at a heat map of our <laughs> listeners. There's like one in Canada. Yeah, and it's Justin, Justin Trudeau. Trudeau. <laughs> Crazy for us there. These guys are nuts. Uh, so we played Ottawa. Oh my gosh, this is going to be fun tonight. Uh, we played <laughs> Ottawa, and uh, you know, one-one draw. Let's let's get the let's let's bury the headline. It was a one-one draw. We always have trouble with them. Though. Um. The thing to me about this game in particular is we are, and I've said this already, but we are running out of time to be able to continue saying, man, if only. (laughs) Like, almost. We've had so many almost games and so many games where we played a good half or, oh, we dominated possession, and we did. We had damn near 70% possession in this game where we have the ball, we have interesting chances, we're doing cool things with the ball. Uh, That's one major component of this to me that is interesting, which is I've heard some talk elsewhere, and uh, I believe Taylor wrote about it, that, you know, what are you doing with all this possession? Are Are we actually maximizing it? Yeah. And the thing to me is we're creating so many chances. We're gonna finish. 
Like that's a thing that will happen is that we will at some point finish. And I'm consistently surprised week after week. Maybe I'm Charlie Brown with the football at this point, but week after week, I'm consistently surprised that we don't get five. That's probably the most frustrating thing about this season though, is that like you said, we're so good at creating so many just beautiful chances and then something happens and we just can't finish. And it's like, what? Please? <laughs> and it's inches, Please? too. It's, we're just Yeah, it's off. like tiny yeah. stuff. Uh, I, in particular, I'm thinking about uh, uh, the ball played across the box that Luke couldn't quite get on the end of. Like, you know, it was it was four inches of, um, you know, if he's taller. Although, if he was 6'8", that would be really something. Terrifying. Uh, can you imagine a 6'8", Luke Spencer? Oh, my God. I'm imagining it right now. <laughs> God, our poor opposing team. Like, you're like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> the it was still proportional. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, and I'm also thinking about Brian Ownby getting to the byline like six times of just burning his man to the byline. And then we don't quite have the cross to make. He doesn't quite make the cross. Uh, George George Davis the fourth failing to convert one-on-one with the yeah. keeper. Uh, I'm thinking about a bunch of chances that we had where it felt like, oh, here's the goal. No, not quite. Here's the goal. No, not quite. Uh, it got to the point where somebody, and I wish I could remember who, someone out there does, maybe one of you two does, somebody tried to chip the keeper from like yeah. 26 was, yards uh, out, um, which was a delight. I oh, loved yeah. seeing the Just effort. Just go for it. It wasn't Magnus. It was... Uh... I forget who it was. I feel like it yeah. might have been Speedy. I remember honestly. watching it like, but oh. <laughs> like he tried to chip the key. Oh, just okay. because it's like new, we're right? sick of this. Uh, Luke has been playing well lately. I think I thought he played well in this game. I thought that he did nice in terms of hold up and then redistribution as part of the reason we had so much possession was him holding the ball up and then finding somebody to give it to. I thought that Ownby looked fast and dangerous on the outside, but Always. still. Here's the thing, is I'm afraid we're getting to the point where we may have to say about Brian Ownby, about regular season Brian Ownby, that sometimes, and this is as critical as I go, and you guys know this, he's full of sound and fury, and it hasn't signified much. Now, we had the great goal that he created for Hope and O last week off yep. of a perfect, picture-perfect cross. But so many times it seems like Brian Ownby does all of the hard work and then it's a goal kick or yeah. it's an easy clearance and you're going, man, Brian Ownby just dominated the game for 45 seconds and we got nothing out of it. I hate that feeling yeah. because he's so good and so fast and it just it's irritating. Yeah, There have been a couple of times, and I think one of them might have happened in this game, where he won, he won his duel, he got possession, uh, pushed up that left side, but then had to hang back for the rest of the team to catch up. Yeah. That happens a lot, where uh, say what you will about Luke Spencer, and I just did, that he's a great striker, a great hold-up player, and a good finisher. Speedy jaunts into the box is not really his thing. He doesn't make great runs into the center of the box and get on the end of crosses as often as you'd like for somebody of his caliber. Uh, That is where I feel like we have been missing Abdu Jam. I feel like uh, Abdu Baki Jam is the player that is maybe missing from the equation a little bit lately in that he hasn't seemed like he can do the hold-up play at all like Luke can. He hasn't seemed like he maybe has the same quality on the ball that Luke does, 
But it seems like he's consistently, when he's on the field, he was consistently making interesting runs, creating extra space, and he finished maybe not magnificently, but he had so many chances because of those runs that he still got several goals out of yeah. just getting there and having the tap in. I I am viscerally excited now about the concept of a front three of Ownby, Jom, and Hopeno. Yeah. When we can oh, play yeah. that three yeah. across the front, I feel like there's got to be a team out there, and maybe even a really good team, that has a back three or a back four that will get massively exposed by the speed that those three can oh, yeah. bring down the edges. Well, and that's the thing. Hopeno, from what we've seen of him, he looks like he might be one of the only guys on the team who can keep up or at least like right. accommodate mm-hmm. Ownby's speed. Yeah, and I think that I think that Abdu might be another. Yeah, honestly, we didn't get to see enough of him to really be able to say, and we definitely didn't get to see enough of him. I don't think he ever played with Brian Ownby. Mm-hmm. I think that Brian Ownby was still hurt when John was playing, and then John's been hurt, and Ownby's been playing. Uh, I'll be interested to see how those two mesh because, by all accounts, we're very close on Abdu Baki John. It's good news. Like uh, I don't have inside information on this, so I feel comfortable speculating. No one has told me anything, okay. and I'll say that I won't be at all surprised if he's in the eighteen this week. So that's so close, 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 close. Okay. I won't be at all surprised if he's in the 18 this week. I will also not be surprised if he's not, and I will be surprised if he's in the 11. Like I can't imagine that he's game fit to be able to play 90 or even to play 70, but I won't be at all surprised if he's available to go 20 at the end of a game. Yeah. And that would be fun. It was his arm. Yeah. I don't understand. It was, it was his shoulder. <laughs> you play with your feet. <laughs> It's like, just tape that thing Come up on, and run, man. just tape it down and go. Have you ever run with your arm taped to your chest? Because that would be entertaining. Weirdly, yes, I have. Hmm. Weirdly. I kind of need to hear the story it's now. It's not that bad. They make you do it in Venezuela. It's <laughs> not that bad. Yeah. All right. Strange regime. So, uh, that is actually one of the talking points of this game. We only made two substitutions. And uh, Hopeno was not one of them in a, goal where it felt like, in a game where it felt like, well, we needed a goal. And he has been some instant offense when he's come yeah. on the field. Uh, I don't have inside information about this either. So I also feel comfortable speculating. Seems like he had to have been nursing something. A little some kind of knock of some kind. Otherwise, why? why? I mean, why there's there's no rational in? reason. It's not like Hack's just like, nah, screw it. We got this shiny new toy. Yeah, let's I don't just, feel let's like... put it on the shelf. Right. So it feels like he probably was dealing with some kind of knock. He was in the 18, though, and traveled to Canada. You don't bother going all the way to Canada no, if it's if something serious. Gonna, right. yeah. And so I feel like that probably means good news. Uh, no Napo in this game. I do have inside information on that one, so I will not share anything. Okay. But I'll say that uh, it was a bummer not to have Napo in that game, especially when you play without Paolo. Yeah. And I know it was reported during the game that he was out six to eight weeks. Uh, it's a little bit of a knee thing, and uh, we're hopeful that he's ready to roll by the, you know, like late August, early September kind of portion of the schedule. Maybe get a couple of games in and get going for the playoffs. But that's purely dependent on how it heals and what they do. And, you know, the Baptist health team hopefully does a bang-up job and gets him ready do. to roll. But, you know, not playing with your captain. That's We've tough. talked about it already. Right. It's no fun. I mean, how many games did we play without him earlier this year? And we never really hit our stride. It's great that we've got Speedy back because that softens the blow of not having Paolo. 
at least you've got a great midfield player. And I thought Speedy played really well in his first game back for us. Yeah, I mean, it just honestly, it just what little I saw of it, it just felt good seeing him back. It was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. He had some interesting ideas. He was key in possession. Like, he did what he does. He was Speedy yeah. Williams. You're never going to count on Speedy to be a great finisher, but he creates some interesting chances. He takes some shots when maybe you don't expect him to. Yeah. When, uh, you know, you might have a game like New York where he puts two of those bad boys home. Right. So, uh, great to have Speedy back. Uh, but essentially, the midfield we've been playing with has been Napo and Paolo for the last couple of weeks. And before that, it was Napo and some Speedy and some Nile and... We've had to have a makeshift midfield, and that's key to our game is what our midfield looks like. I mean, that's one of the things that set us apart has been a speedy and Paolo midfield, and we don't have it. And we haven't had it, and we'll continue to not have it. So you hope that Napo comes back healthy and ready to rock. You uh, hope that Speedy stays in the midfield and takes on that general role. Yeah. And then uh, whether you're playing Tosh at the six like we did in this game, and I thought he had a really nice game. I thought he played really well. Yeah. Or and or you're uh, mixing and matching in Nile as a double pivot, and you let Magnus play farther up the field. However, you end up doing it in this game. It felt a little like we ran out of some ideas a couple of times. That we had the ball, we were coming up yeah. with the coming up with the ball, and then it was basically throw the ball out wide to Brian and hope he can come up with something. You hope that that's not the game plan for the whole year, but if it is. You hope that we've got some speed merchants up there with him yeah. to be able to go and get the ball. Yeah. What did you think about the penalty? The contact was outside of the box, but it was close close enough to where you should know this is the result. This is what's going to happen. I think it was Hallway. It was Hallway. Howard. Yeah. Howarth. 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 Hayworth. Yeah, that guy. How about, how uh, he did what he was supposed to do. He drew the penalty. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little surprised Paco fell for it. Though. Well, here's yeah, the thing. That, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. It was such like when you watch the replay. Yeah, he he drew a penalty, but like it, it was surprising to see Paco put himself in the that it's a blatant position to be drawn. Right. Credit that where, arm shooting out there. It was like what are you what? doing? <laughs> Credit where credits due. I heard somebody on uh, on Barrel Proof this week say. It felt like a midfield professional foul. Like, it felt like, oh, I'm going to take this guy down so he doesn't get around me. Like, you do it midfield. Like, yeah. no big deal. Everybody go back and reset the defense. Yeah. Which, to me, meant, and if you go back and watch it, I don't think Paolo fully knew where he was. I think it may have been positional awareness Paco. more than anything else. Paco, thank you. That I think he thought he was Further five, six yards box, away yeah, from right. the box and not a yard and a half away from the box. And so I thought he, I think he thought I can take this guy down from an uncomfortable angle and they'll have to play in a great ball and get a great finish and we can stop them because we stopped them playing the ball into the box all game. Yeah. The center backs and Tosh between them did a great job all game of nothing down the middle of the field. And I think he thought, no problem. We'll defend the, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> We're, I'm right at the edge of the box. And Hayworth or Haworth did a great job of uh, making sure he fell as far into the box as he could. Yeah. And uh, Walfall did what Walfall does, and he put it away comfortably. Uh, uh, Hubbard made a guest right. Guest right. Uh, he did. There's nothing you can do. That goes back to what Hack disagreed with Andy and I on last week, 
which is that Andy and I strongly believe I've never felt more stupid on this <laughs> on this podcast and having hack being like, uh, no. <laughs> Andy and I strongly believe that when you take a penalty kick, screw all of the theatrics, screw all of the I'm gonna try to throw his timing off and get him to guess wrong. Put it hard and low into the corner of your choice, and they're not getting there. If you put it where it's supposed to go, right. even if they guess right, they're not going to get there. And that's what Walfall did in this. Yeah. He put it hard and low, and uh, even though Hubbard guessed right and made a nice dive, just not going to get and there. And Hubbard had some great saves during the game. Mm-hmm. Hubbard played really well. He Consistently is, really yeah, especially well. Especially in the first half. Absolutely. He has stepped up in a bit. Like, everybody knew he was going to, like, you have to step up, right? Mm-hmm. But he has stepped up, I feel like, in a very big way. The thing to me is, we know that Ben Lunt is owned by FC Cincinnati. He's on loan to us, except technically right now he is not. He's been recalled and hasn't been sent back to us technically, even though I believe he's training with the team. Ben Lunt has been great when he's played, but Ben Lunt is also not our guy. He's a Cincinnati guy, and Cincinnati will almost certainly want him next year, either as their starter or as their backup. You have to strongly suspect that. Tim Dobrovolsky has sort of proven to us that he is a very capable backup keeper. That he can come in and give you spot duty. He can do a great job. He's probably not a 34-game-a-year starter in the USL at our level. Probably not. Maybe he is, and he's got another great year in him, and I'm surprised. But uh, it feels like he's just a really good backup keeper. Somebody you feel completely confident if you've got to throw him in for a game or four games or a half or whatever it is. But probably not the guy you want to build your defense around. Which to me means Hubbard not only has been stepping up for playing well in these games, but Hubbard's saying, this can be my job for the next three years. Yeah. You know, I can I can come out here and this is my this is my job. Yeah. And uh, somebody is gonna be the starting keeper for the first game at the new stadium. And it feels like Chris Hubbard's saying, It's me. Hey everybody, I'm your starting keeper. I think Luke comes back today healthy. You still got to give it to Hubbard. Hot hand. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't necessarily agree with you either. Right. Because I I think, I think that Ben Lunt's ceiling is higher than Chris Hubbard's. I will agree with that. That okay. when, yeah. Chris, when Ben Lunt is playing at his absolute best, he's probably a little bit better of a keeper than Hubbard. Probably. I could be wrong. I'm not in training. I don't see what these guys do on a day in day out basis. I have no idea. It's call hack. Right but now. watching them, yeah, he's going to answer that call question. Hey, Even if I call him, you think he's answering? So I could call him. He's not answering that question for us. Uh, so to me, I think that if Ben Loon is fully fit and ready to go, and he is a season long loanee to us again for the rest of this year, and we feel confident that he can't be recalled for non injury purposes. I think you give it to who's playing better. In in training every day, you see which one can do what. Uh, but the thing that this does for me more than anything is it tells me you don't have to worry if Chris Hubbard's the guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, Chris Hubbard can be our guy, and we can be competitive with anybody in this league, no question. So I trust Hack and Danny Cruz and Scott Budnick in particular to make the call about, hey, who gives us the best chance to win today? But I know that any of those three guys can give us a chance to win on any given night. And that's a really comforting feeling. I'll be interested to see how that shakes out. Because it feels like we saw him warming up the other day in front of the Cooper's Mm -hmm. end. It feels like Ben Loon's probably pretty Mm -hmm. close. 
And uh, if at that point Cincinnati uh, reissues him to us, it'll be a, it'll be a really hard call for uh, Hack because, like you're saying, I mean, Hubbard's got a hot hand. He's yeah. playing really good keeper. Yeah. I don't think he's given up more than two goals in the entire time he's been with us. And that was in the Cincinnati game mm-hmm. where we you know, played 120 minutes against an MLS team on the road. You can't be upset about any no, of that. No, man. So, no. ultimately, comfortable with any of the three, you have a hunch it'll be Lunt or Hubbard. We'll see where we go. Uh, but he played another whale of a game in this one. Several really nice saves. One maybe kind of lucky save where oh, he yeah. sort of turned the wrong way and it glanced off the shoulder. But that's why you make yourself big. That's why you're a big keeper in the first place. So it's also how you fight off bears. You get big. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I'm and pumas actually. That's how, that. yeah. how I fought off land. and pumas. That's how I fought off. They are spicy. They are a <laughs> spicy lot. <laughs> spicy pumas, and they love raincoats. I kind of want to get a pair of spicy pumas. Like wear those bad boys. Not exactly. Not the same thing. No. All right. Uh, other news and notes from that game. Uh, Obviously, Magnus, Johnny on the spot, off the deflection, sends the goal home. I really felt like once George and Sonny came on to the game, it, it changed the tide a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sonny, to me, is he's just like adrenaline. Oh, yeah. He's just an injection. When he comes out of the field, it feels like you've hit the Nas button. Oh, yeah. And if you're pointed in the wrong direction... And you hit the Nas button, <laughs> then things are going to go horribly for you. Figure out how to drift. Yeah, really but most quickly. of the time, <laughs> but most of the time, you're when he whenever he comes on, you're watching the opposing team, like you're you're watching them actively trying to figure him out. Right. You know what I mean? There, there's like a question on their faces, like what is what is he doing? Yeah. What is, <laughs> but you also see those same moments where the team is trying to figure him out, where yeah. we give the ball away a little bit in possession in the midfield when he's in, just because. Maybe he's not in exactly the right spot or they're not on the completely same page when they're trying to do the give-and-goes and stuff like that. We have a couple of those moments. But ultimately, I think he's a net positive when he comes on because he discombobulates the defense. Yeah. And he's just – he's everywhere, man. He's everywhere. Uh, I like seeing him come on the field. And George, consummate professional, God. put in a fine shift. Nile remains the amazing Swiss Army knife mm-hmm. of all things. The he'll play course, wherever man. you tell him to. You want me to go to right back? All right, I'll go play right back. And, he, and, he, and like, there's no, what's, what's crazy is that he, any position, there's no hesitation. He's playing that position like his life depends on it. And that's what makes it fun. And there's a smile on his face. Oh, like, yeah, and you can tell he's loving it. And he's talking any trash. Oh, and, a, and a snarl on oh, his yeah. face, yeah. One of my favorite things about watching Nile play is watching him talk to the ring because he's the first one up there. <laughs> we uh, This is kind of news and notes, but we had a, a supporters group meeting this past week, or earlier this week, mm-hmm. and uh, in it, uh, an idea about a time capsule was floated. And uh, about, wouldn't it be cool to bury like a time capsule for yeah. 50 years from now at the stadium and somebody opens it then or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. We'll talk about that idea. It's interesting. We'll, we'll kick it around, see if we've got a good place and the good ideas, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I'm tooting my own horn here. But I thought surprise, it was... Surprise, I uh, know. It's very unusual <laughs> for me. Uh, it was maybe the funniest thing I've said all week as far as I'm concerned, and nobody found it amusing at all. So I'm going to share it with all of you. i got to hear it twice. Okay, but, let's, uh, do <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Aren't you glad came on, man? They were talking about <laughs> things that would be representative of Louisville City and where what we've done for the first five years and where we've come from and where we go. 
And there, you know, his ideas like, you know, a replica of the trophy and uh, programs from a game mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, some of the turf monsters, some cool ideas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, Niall McCabe. <laughs> we should just put Niall McCabe in, in the there. He's Mr. In the City, man. He is. And can you imagine, like, 50 years from now, Niall McCabe hopping out and being like, that was awful. Where Who are we playing? Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah. it's time to go. You get uh, yellow cards signed by Niall McCabe and Paco oh, Craig yeah. and put those in there. Sheesh. Wop <laughs> uh, So, ultimately, yeah, you, you hope you're going to get a win against Ottawa. But here's the thing. They're an in-playoff position team. We have played them twice this year and gotten four points from them. If you get four points from every team that is in playoff position by the end of the year, you're going to be in really, really, really nice shape. You get a win at home and a draw on the road against a playoff team. How do you really get upset about that? I thought this game was more sort of a barometer of how we're doing as a team. Uh, more, more so than the Nashville game, because I think Nashville has only won maybe one game against the top ten or yeah. the playoffs. Um, and I thought we played well overall. Obviously didn't get the result that we wanted. But for the most part, uh, that was close to a full game, right? That was close to... Yeah. 90 minutes of, of soccer. Yeah. 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 Where, you know, you take out the penalty. I mean, you can't for the scoreline purposes. Yeah. But you take out a tough penalty and, uh, you know, you feel really good about how that game went. We created the vast majority of the chances. We had the vast majority of the possession. Yeah. And we didn't get the win. I mean, we got a draw. It is what it is. Here's here two things. One, I agree, is that when you look at our team the way we are now, all we need, it seems like, the overriding theme is like we need tweaks here and there. Like, yeah, tighten some screws. That's exactly right. Tweaks every now and then. like Love overall, we're we're awesome. Yeah, but tweaking a few little little here and there, right? A little nudge, and then we're good. Yeah. Second thing, we said going into this last these last like three games, these were going to be the games: Ottawa, Nashville, Indy. Uh, you had Charlotte in the middle, who's resurgent, and New York. Yeah. So it was New York, Charlotte, Indy, Nashville, Ottawa. Going into this Good running teams. games that we just came out of, it would be very telling over, like, where it would be a good, like you said, a barometer, right? So how do you all feel like, when you're considering all those games, how do you all feel? I feel like we did the minimum allowable, acceptable results, which between New York, Indy, Nashville, Ottawa, we got a win, a loss, and two draws. So we basically came out dead square even across those games against good teams. And uh, we got the win at home and the loss on the road, which is the way that's supposed to go. And so to me, I feel like it was the minimal, minimum acceptable results. Okay, fine. Yeah. Matt? Uh... I agree with the tweaks. I feel like there are lines that are just not connecting quite yet, mm-hmm. but are super close. Uh, I think this was the fifth game in a row. I might be completely wrong about this, so feel free to disregard anything I say from here on out. I think this was the fifth game in a row we were scored on first. Yeah. Five yeah. games in a row we give, we've conceded first. That's sort of an alarming pattern. Yeah. Um, this is also the third game in a row where we've switched from a three-man back line to a four-man. In-game. Yes, in-game. So... I don't know. There, there are, but it's all it's tweak stuff, right? Well, and that's the amazing thing to me, though, is you just said we've been scored on first in five straight games. Mm-hmm. D- 
Does that to you, and we've gone, you know, in five games, in those five games, we've gone two wins, a loss, and two draws. So what that shows me, and at the end of the season, we could look back on this period and say this is where the team learned how to come back, right? Yeah. This is where the team learned to face that adversity in-game and then overcome it. And that became um, a real boon for us, maybe against these tougher teams, maybe against uh, New York in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, I, I tend to agree with that, that hopefully this is a turning point kind of thing in the season of, hey, we just came out of this really tough stretch. We showed strength to come back from all these. Mm-hmm. Andy, does it say to you more that we are when you think about conceding first in that many games in a row? Yeah. Does that mean what the hell is the coaching staff doing that we're not ready for these other teams or that we're not ready to come out hot? Or does it say the coaching staff does a great job of making these adjustments later in the game to get us back into these games? Which one does it say? Or is it both? Like I what think are it's- we I think I do think that we have hit. This is the turn that I mean. If they're not looking at it this way, they need to look at it this way. This is the turning point in that this is. We have learned everything that we are bad at. We have learned everything that we are good at. The rest of the season into the playoffs, we need to capitalize on that information, right? Right. But I don't see anything wrong with being a second half team, right? Like, who cares how many goals you give up? As long as you get more yeah. goals than the other team, a win's a win. I would rather but you got to get those team. wins and not all ties. You do, but I, th- I feel like we're getting closer to that. Okay. I feel okay. like we're getting closer to it, and what that tells me is that, yeah, we need to be doing it earlier in the game, but we are an adaptive team. Like we come out of, we come out for the second half, knowing our opponent like the back of our hand. Yeah. A lot of the times. So you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, that's a good sign. That's how I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm comfortable with that thought process. Because there's something to be said for both of them. It's like, well, you know, if we were that good at predicting what these other teams were going to do, why didn't we come out and adjust to it immediately? And then part of it is it's nice to know that when we go into halftime, we feel – I always feel when we go into halftime that when we come out, we're going to play better than our opponents are. Yeah. Even if we were down 3 nothing, I feel like if we came out at halftime – we're going to play better in the second half is how I always feel. Uh, but you do just got – I mean, this is broken record time. But, God, couldn't you just have a 6 nothing win? Like, right, like right. just a game. Like, we got the 4-1 win this year, and that felt good, but it didn't even feel, like, unbelievably good. That was no. on Pride Night, the 4-1 win. Uh, and it felt good, but it wasn't like, oh, yeah, dominated. It was like, okay, good. We got a good win. Yeah. I want a dominating, holy cow kind of game. It would feel better if we got a something like that. Because that 4-1 win was when uh, Lucky got the PK. Lucky right? earned the PK earned that the Magnus PK. finished. Yeah. yeah. Niall but, had the great game with the goal and the assist. Yeah. I want, you know, you want to see that four-goal game or that six-goal game of just run a play. Yeah. You know what I mean? To me, that's ultimate domination. We didn't need we didn't need a penalty. Right. We didn't need anything. We didn't weird. need you to have a red card. Yeah, like we didn't need you to be down a man. Like we just kicked your butt. And we've got a stretch of games now. And I think that, that unless anybody's got anything else to say about Bethlehem, I mean I'm sorry, about uh Ottawa. Ottawa. Uh e. yeah. 
Ottawa is is a good team. I think they'll be there. I think they'll be somewhere between the seven and ten seed going into the playoffs. That's my expectation, and we'll see. They're in seventh right now. What were they they're, going they're, into? They're it? a spot behind us. Yep. So, yeah, uh, and a point behind us, but a game in hand. So, um, this game's in hand, man. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm ready time. for those to be done. Like, I want to get. Can we I, all just get even, please? <laughs> it's, it's usually at about game 22 in the season where everybody's basically caught up. You got maybe a team that's a game ahead or a game behind. We still got teams like St. Louis that are like three games yep. behind. That's annoying. It, it is annoying. It makes it hard to really know where you're at. Uh, so that will conclude our game review. Mm-hmm. And we'll transition a little bit into the game preview where we're playing Bethlehem Steel this Saturday night, 7 p.m., Slugger Field. Get there. Come on. But, uh, I mean, just obviously. I mean, yeah, just right? be there. What are you doing with your life? If you're not there, just assume that I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm telling you, I've had Andy hate me for a couple of weeks in my life, and it's exhausting. <laughs> like, carrying that around, it is brutal. Um, this begins a stretch of games. I believe it's four in a row. Andy might pull up the schedule for us there. But uh, I believe it's four in a row where we have got – Games against bottom-dwelling type teams. I counted five. Five games in a row? I mean, it is a bunch of games where we are playing non-playoff type teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is important that we get through these games with real points. Where, listen, I'm not insane, and I'm not greedy, and I'm not unrealistic. I'll tell you this. If it's five, let's say it's five games. You come out of it with three wins, a draw, and a loss, I'll live with that. You come out of it with two wins, two draws, and a loss, I'll be frustrated, but I'll understand it. If you come out of this level or worse, that's a bad (coughs) sign. If it's like two wins, one draw, two losses, we've been kissing our sister all year, and it's exhausting. I just want to get... I want to have a stretch of games where we start putting a little bit extra distance between us and the... Seventh place team, the fifth place team, crawl into that top four and just live there. Yeah. I want a home playoff game, yeah. and this is the time to say we're going to have one. You play five games and you get fifteen points. You get, you know, thirteen points out of five games, and you're suddenly feeling everybody because even if the other good teams stay good, they're beating some of those bad, some of those yeah. other good teams in there. Yeah. And so you start seeing some separation, and I want to have it because yeah. I've felt confident all year that we'll have a home playoff game. I, I'm getting there now, man, where it's like we got to – yes, I still feel confident, but we got to get going. Yeah, Need those points. Yeah. And this is a stretch. Andy, let's hear the schedule here. So Bethlehem Steel. Pretty bad. Saturday. Loudon. Pretty bad. Uh, Charles uh, – Charlotte. Charlotte is not as bad as it has been, mm-hmm. but it's still not great. Uh, Atlanta two nighted bad. Eight one lost to New York Red Bulls oh. the other day. Oh god, eight yeah. one. Oh, they what? scored like three goals in three yeah. minutes, I think. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, man. Charleston. Charleston adequate, always fine. They're beatable or yeah. drawable. And then North Carolina, and then North we go Carolina. back into the tough stretch. Yep. So what we're really saying here is we have a four or five game stretch where we need to get. Three, four, five wins. Oh my We're God. ten points out of first place. Tough so. stretch. You mean tough stretch? Rutgers Road, yeah. Indy, Pittsburgh, and New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After, and that's after North Carolina. Yeah, who's, who's good? So well, I mean, want to kill after that. After that game one, <sighs> yeah, it's a debacle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
we're talking specifically about Bethlehem. We're talking about a low-level team in the league. I think they're in 12 right now. Yeah. They are uh, They're just not that good of a team. They are sort of homeless. They got kicked out of Bethlehem and are not playing in Bethlehem this year. They uh, are a Philadelphia Union reserve team, so you never really know who you're going to get. The scariest guy on their team to me is uh, the Polish fellow whose name I can't pronounce, which is like Przbilov or Przbilovski. Matt, hit I, us. Hit us with that pronunciation. And I don't want to. I don't want to say. I, I, I sincerely am not trying to be like uh, uh, you know making fun of the guy's name. It's a it's a perfectly reasonable normal name for his home nation. It's not a nation a name I can pronounce. All right, let me butcher really quick. Casper Przbilko. Przbilko. All right, I'm, fu- I'm comfortable with that name. Uh, first name. And he has been, but he's been chartering back and forth between Bethlehem and Philly. So you don't know if he's playing. It's the thing about two teams, right? You, like, you right. don't know who's. Which we talk about a lot, which to me always means it's about how we play right. and not about how our opponents play. Uh, and we've talked about this on the show before that, especially with the possession style game that we play. It is important that we assert our will on our opponents and not react to what they're doing to us. Right. You agree? Yes. All right. Um, they have been playing a three-headed monster at keeper mm. where it's hard to say who's going to play from game to game. A, because sometimes their backup keeper for Philadelphia Union yeah. comes down and he's the starter. And sometimes it's their starter and sometimes it's not their starter who was injured for a brief period of time. Uh it's hard to know who's going to start. None of those three names are names that will make Andy's heart go pitter-patter for one of our favorites. None of them are favorites. Uh. So it's not a Spangenberg or a Pickens or a, a, a name that jumps out right out at you or a Loro of guys that you're used to making fun of. I'll let them know. I know you will. I'm going to let them know. You're inconsequential. <laughs> I have never made fun of you before, and this is not as easy or as satisfying. Uh, it's uh, So the keeper, it's hard to predict. Um, Bethlehem is not a particularly possession-based team. They are not a particularly good team. They're coming off of... But they also have been sort of playing to their opponents. Like New York Red Bulls score a lot of goals, and they beat them 4-3. New York Red Bulls beat Bethlehem 4-3. Right. So they were like, all right, we're going to play fast-paced, we're going to score a lot of goals. They played Pittsburgh the game before that. Pittsburgh doesn't give up a lot of goals, so they lost one nothing. It seems like they're playing games that are predictable to their opponent, which to me means this is like a 3-1 win for City, like is in my mind, that we're not going to shut them out because we don't really shut people out. Right. And we're not going to – but we're also going to create a lot of chances and should yeah. have some chances. Um these are the kind of games you got to win. It's a home game. Yeah. It's in, the, yep. it's, it's in this stretch. And I will feel disappointed if we come out and lay an egg in this game. It feels like this is a game that can be a, a real Kickstarter for us into this stretch of against lower-level teams where it's like, yeah, we know. We're going to beat the crap out of these guys and yeah. gear up for that murderer's row. But it also feels like a, a trap game where it's like we just got out of playing all these playoff teams. We're kind of beat up. We've got some nagging injuries. What if we come out and lay an egg in 98-degree heat? 115 with the heat index. And I don't know how much time you guys have spent on the field. It's hotter down there. It's hotter on the field. The ground radiates heat, and it is hot. Especially the turf monster radiates heat, and it is hot on the field. 
And so if it's 98, it really feels like, and the heat index is 115, it really feels down there like 117. Oh. It, it's boiling hot on the field. You can thoroughly expect what I hope. I don't know. This is an interesting question because I don't know the answer to this. How does humidity affect athletes breathing and like exhaustion? And uh, because like, would you rather have super hot and dry, or would you rather rather have hot but very humid? I gotta dry for me. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I recently got back from Vegas. Uh, I've never Ooh, been to the West. I've never I been like, like anywhere in the West Coast. I've never been anywhere there where there wasn't humidity. And getting off the plane, I was like, "This is why Doc Holliday moved out here yeah, to yeah, take care of his lungs." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is amazing. That breathe freely because it is horribly hot there, but you never feel like the thing about humidity is that it weighs you down. Oh yeah, it's it like walking through you, soup. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, and so I would imagine if you're an athlete, yeah, you probably do feel a little bit more. So you guys feel confident then when I say that right now the last forecast I saw was 97, and potential pop-up thunderstorms. Would you rather have had at 6:40 a 15-minute gully washer that brings the temperature down from 96? to 88 but also suddenly there's water in the air or would you rather it was just 98 when you got going I'd rather just be 98 when you got going yeah okay okay I'll be interested to see and I, I should we should ask a player about that the next time we talk to him about how they feel about it I would also think if you had that Goey washer, which is the first time I've ever heard that word. really <laughs> yeah I also think that if you had that that close to the end of the game, that means it's 90 minutes of it heating up. Right. <laughs> and just... With the same humidity. With the same humidity. It's like having... And that's a, what wears a team down. It's like having a, a humidifier on the field for an yeah. hour and a half. Yeah, it'd be pretty awful. All of it sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't... And, and I am still committed to the black polo and black pants oh, for this game. To, and I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm dreading it. Do you mean to flip the coin again? We did well. I'm just saying. Hey, uh, we actually do have one of our good luck charms this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Joe Valla. Singing the National Anthem. Oh, man. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. We're not going to lose, I feel confident saying, because Joe Valla is singing. Uh, I don't know how his record is in regular season games in terms of wins. I just know he hasn't lost. So, I feel good. We're not going to lose. Um I think we got to hold you in reserve. Okay. Andy. Andy did the coin toss last right, week. Right, right. And uh, uh, I think that we'll put you we'll put you in. Whenever you need me, man. Just appreciate that. We'll I appreciate coach. that. Maybe championship game, because surely there'll be nobody of importance who wants to cost the toy for that game. No. All right. Um, so I think this game, uh, I'm, I'm anticipating that hopefully we've got Hopano healthy. Hopefully we've got... Uh, uh, Napo healthy, and we can run out of fairly representative lineup, which to me would probably be uh, Brian, mm-hmm. Luke, mm-hmm. and Hopano across the top, yeah. and then Magnus a little bit reserved with uh, Napo and Speedy in the middle, and then either you go Oscar and Frano as midfielders if we're playing three with all three of the center backs, yeah. or you play. Two of the center backs with Oscar and Frano as the back as on the back line, and then you tack in Nile in the midfield. Like it's probably going to be some combination of that. 
I'd feel good about that. Yeah. If everybody's healthy. And uh, then you just go out there and fucking win. Yeah. Like, just go win. Uh, Matt, do you have any concept of a score line for this game? Do you make predictions? Is that not your business? No, no, we, I do predictions. Excellent. They're almost always wrong. No, I think I nailed the last one. Um, Excellent. I want to go 2 1 City. 2 1 City. I like it. Who are your goals coming from? Yeah, who you got goals out of? Uh, Magnus. I'm gonna say Safe own. Bet. I'm gonna say own me. Mm. God, I would love it. We need it I would so bad. To see he needs to get one, one just to get like some getting used to seeing it go in the back of the net, right? You know. Yeah. And we've seen it from him. I mean, we we talk about the difference between regular season own and playoff own but uh, you've seen him get a goal and then be like, "Screw it, I'm scoring for three straight weeks." If he's gonna, if it's Omi, I want it to be a one-on-one with the keeper. Like Ooh. I want it to oh, yeah. him just be just him broken away from everything, which he does, and one-on-one with the keeper. I want the keeper to feel it. I can see a scenario under which uh, Napo or Speedy plays a nice ball to to Luke, like ten yards outside, uh, ten yards past midfield, with Luke's back to the bat uh, to the goal. Takes it off the chest and then like a flick over the yeah. head yeah. to a sprinting own be right down the middle okay. of the field. Like that would be I, I I think that goal will happen eventually, yeah. and I'd love to see that in this game. Uh Andy, what do you got? I'm gonna go three nothing. Okay. I'm gonna go three nothing. Okay. I think we shut them down. I would love that. I think we just shut them down. Uh, but I think we get I think it's close. I think where there are a few close calls. Mm-hmm. I think Hubbard does his thing, turns into a wall. Um, and I think we only get one goal in the first half. Okay. Toward the end of the first half. Okay. And then we come out of the gate just on fire in the second half and get the next two goals in the first, like, 15 minutes of the second half. Okay. And then just hold. And then just... And then you bring it, and then your subs are like a Tosh comes on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you bring on a Tosh for a Frano, and suddenly yeah. you've got an extra, or a Tosh for an Ownby, and yeah. really you've got. Mm-hmm. And you've got just a, the physical barrier right. that is Sean Tosh. So I love that. Um, who are your goals? Well, the obvious the Paco, the Oscar Paco. Mm-hmm. Oscar Paco, gotcha. Um, Classic. Which now that it's happened, I will never not call it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. Now, yeah. You have to. Um, I like getting something from Ownby. Okay. Um, I want to get something from Luke. It feels like the striker needs to get some right? goals. I want right to get now. something from Luke. Yeah. And just beautiful run of play. Okay. That's what I want. Okay. It feels like he hasn't gotten to sky above the crowd. A couple of his goals his first year with us. Uh, when he led the team in scoring and then seeded that role to Cam, his first year, it felt like a couple of his goals were on just like climbing above the defense on mm-hmm. headers. I'd love to see some scenario where we have possession deep throughout a bunch of games and he makes a nice space and yeah. a run. Because it feels like it's fallen out of his game a little bit. I'd love to see that happen. Um, I think both of those are good predictions. I-, I do think that this is a game we should win. And I do think it's a game we should win, if not comfortably, uh, convincingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got this strange feeling that we do actually get a Nile McCabe goal in this game. Yeah, Nile has been playing so well. He's been playing all over the park, and it 
it, it strikes me as a game where by happenstance he may end up up top at some point. Whether you sub off Magnus, who's played all 90 of a bunch of games lately, and you put Nile up there, or you sub off a uh, Luke... And uh, with Abdu there, they decide they want to have the experience out right out wide next. To, I I don't know how the exact calculation occurs, but I got this strange feeling that Nile, despite not probably not starting on a wing, gets a goal in this game. That it, it feels like a Nile McCabe goal to me. Okay. Um. So hopefully we get the win. Let's. Uh, anybody got any other new thoughts on uh, Bethlehem Steel mm-hmm. FC Saturday night? Then let's do some purple stuff. All right. Purple Everybody stuff. got your glass? Yeah. Got your uh, got your whatever you got? Understood. Cheers. Mm. Uh, you get those nice grinds at the bottom? Yeah, I like there. it. I like a little bit of roughage in it. Okay. You like to get your fiber <laughs> yeah. from a cup of coffee with oh, well, booze yeah. in it? I would say if you're not chewing a cup of coffee, you're not doing that. <laughs> exactly. It's that cowboy coffee. Uh, news and notes. Um, we'll start with... The biggest news, as far as I'm concerned, in my world right now, which is uh, season tickets, man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Find Your Seat app, the, the program on our website that allows you to look at your seats and where your seat is and how your seat compares to other seats and what your view looks like and how it'll be is live. It's active. It got sent out this week. And... Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's, like, cool it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I was impressed. Did you give any consideration to being anywhere other than Scouse's house? No. So you're just like, you're already... That's where, you're I, that's where we stand. Yeah, there you go. I like it. That's where we stand. I that's like, where we stand. Uh-huh. Stand. That's where we stand. stand. Are you so, going to do it safely? <laughs> well, God, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> so uh, you're, you're comfortable with the idea of not having a seat for an entire game. Yeah, we stand the entire game now. Mm-hmm. We stay in the entire game now. And you feel like that with seating available up on the concourse probably and some picnic tables or whatever, that uh, with the with the levels of uh, safe standing that are a couple of feet high on each one that you could probably sit on an edge if, you know, there was a lightning delay yeah. and you had to just wait for a while. You'd find a seat. Yeah. You'd be all right. Yeah. You don't feel like you need a seat somewhere in the stadium. No, we stand now. I don't even need a seat now. Okay. There have been questions and comments and concerns from some people about the idea of, yes, we want to have a safe standing Cooper's and Scouse's house section, but we don't necessarily want to have to stand the whole game. Uh, safe standing was a big point of emphasis in the original meetings with the supporters about how safe standing is awesome and how it's a cool thing and it's what we want and that's what supporter sections should look like. And there's been some pushback about it. And I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong about it. I'm sincerely not. I'm curious, though, uh, how much value there would be to having a seat. Uh, I feel like you'd have to maybe you don't have to buy to see I don't know how the mechanics of it work and I don't want to say stuff because I'm a front office guy and I hear what some of the stuff we're considering is right. but I'm just sort of I've been sort of bemused by the sheer number because it's been a large number I am by virtue of my position as former supporter and supporters liaison and some stuff I get a lot of the dude what's up with this 
calls and text messages. I'm yeah. subtweeting you right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm I, and I love that, and I want that to continue. If you've got my number, my Facebook, my Twitter, my whatever, please, my email, call me, contact me, get a hold of me with your thoughts and concerns and questions. But I'm sort of bemused by the uh, by the number of people, and it is a large number that have said. So there's no seat at all in the supporters sections, and I'm, I, I thought I really thought everybody was sort of on the same page with this. Well, that so we want it to be standing. You maybe should have capitalized standing. Yeah, in that safe standing. Maybe, maybe italicized it even. Oh yeah, that gets a point I'll, across. I'll throw in an underline. There's nothing wrong and, with that. And right? like, here's the thing: uh, I, I don't want to throw a star next to it, like a uh, an, different font. Yeah. Put it into Comic a Sans. Calibri. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've got no objection to the idea of the fact that some of our supporters are not 26-year-old, you know, I can stand and jump and cheer for an entire game without getting tired like kind of people. Like three of us, yeah. Like yeah. all of us. Uh, or that the idea that there might be someone who's disabled who wants to participate in the supporter section. Mm-hmm. And that's all stuff that obviously we'll make accommodation for. Absolutely. But the the thing that blows my mind is is some of the people that I know to be just diehard crazies who stand the whole game anyway, who have been like, might want a seat, bro. Okay. Okay. So the way that I look at it is that, you know, it's called a supporter section for a reason, right? We're the official, unofficial cheerleaders for our team. Mm-hmm. Like, we stand because this is going to sound bad, but we're not the normal sitting fans that come to the, you know what I mean? We're just not. And we've kind of taken that role upon ourselves is that, you know what, we're the ones to make sure to be at opposite ends. We want to surround them. We're here to cheer our team on. You're the ambience. Yeah, I mean, we're the, the noisemakers. You know what I mean? So to me, that's you don't do that sitting down. There's a level, uh, and what I, one of the many things that I fell in love with when uh, I first started capoing and coming to games was this isn't a passive sport for myself. Either of you guys, or a lot of like thousands of people, right? Sure. This is participatory, right? You stand up, you sing for ninety, you scream, you're sweating. It's like you're, you're what you're, at the back of the team, right? You're yeah, yeah. And that's not something. We're not even the twelfth man. Let's not tease ourselves. We're like the sixteenth man, right? But we're on the freaking team. Yeah, yeah. I agree with all of that. Um, Ultimately, though, it's been almost universally positive response to the uh, to the Find Your Seat app. Uh, get on there if you haven't done it yet. Go to lucity.com and check it out because awesome. it is sick. Uh, if you're a season ticket holder, and let's let's call a spade a spade here. If you're listening to this you're, podcast you're and you're not a yeah. season ticket holder, what has been holding you back? Um, go and get your season tickets. Uh, uh, and the way to do that, if you're not a season ticket holder, is right now you can place a $50 deposit to get on that list where you're guaranteeing yourself a spot. Because uh, we're not guaranteeing people spots. We're guaranteeing season ticket holders spots. Everybody else, we'll see. <laughs> like, we would love for you to come to a game. But we'll see. <laughs> so I, I almost put that $50 down. Today and I'm a season ticket holder, so I don't need <laughs> to do that. Case. I was just so excited. <laughs> oh, you want to take my money now? Yeah, do it. Get it. Take Get my it. money and take it. Uh, I, I, it's been an insane number of people who have done it, and we've been shocked, kind of, because we've made it such a point of emphasis. The front office has made it such a point of emphasis throughout the year. Hey. Get your season tickets, because if you don't, you might not blah, blah, blah. And so we've made it a point of emphasis all year. And now that we've made this thing available, we thought 
there may not be that many people left who really want season tickets next year who don't yeah. know that they needed to. Nope, there were a bunch, <laughs> and so uh, it's it's moving great. I'm I'm amped up about a week and a half from now when season tickets start really being sold. So July mm-hmm. 29th, if you were in that first group of uh, season ticket purchasers, July 29th or thereabouts, you'll start seeing your stuff. We know J.C. Sissel mm-hmm. will be uh, will be available to do his thing. July 29th, and most of the other first-year season ticket holders in that general space. And then it'll come to you sort of on a how long you've been a season ticket holder. It's exciting, and I can't wait to see July 29th to start seeing when I go into that find your seat. Because the first thing is it's a view of the stadium, and then it's a view of – and you select a section. And it takes you into that section, and it shows you all the seats, and all the seats are green right now. And you click on any seat you want, and you can look at it. In a couple of weeks, those seats are not going to be green for very long. Yeah. You're going to start seeing a lot of red in those sections or purple. I think we're actually talking about trying to make it purple. So that's adorable. I know we're, we're <laughs> we are we're cute as a button. talk about branding, jeez. But uh, and so you'll be able to start seeing those seats going away. What I'm recommending to all of the hardcore supporters, and so this is me talking now to both Andy and Matt, and to all of you. Go talk to your friends right now. Like, if you are not just automatically, I'm a Cooper, I'm Scouse's house, I'm sitting in my section, I'm getting my spot, and we'll deal with the everything else. Yeah. If you are even considering anything else, get with your people right now, because the first day that they're available, you're going to want your group to go in and get as many of those seats as you can get. You're going to want to do it as quickly as possible, because there are sponsors who haven't bought their seats yet, and they might buy giant blocks of them. There are owners who haven't bought their seats yet, and they might buy giant blocks of them. There are uh, charitable outreach organizations that we work with that uh, if our uh, partners decide they want, hey, we're going to do Section 206 is all from, you know, Acme Inc. for Kentucky Refugee Ministry. They might go in and buy all that. I'm saying so the day they become available to you, I strongly recommend you just get your butt on it. So talk to your friends now. That's why we gave this two-week grace period yeah. of go in and look, see what you like, see what you think, was so that people could make decisions. And so if part of your decision-making is, well, I want to sit with my six friends, of course you do. Pick your spot right now and then uh, so that when the day comes, you can go and get it. Yeah. One thing that not everybody knows that I'll share is oh. that you can, you can, mm-hmm. however many season tickets your account has had, so let's say Andy has an account under his name, mm-hmm. and he has two seats, one for him and one for his wife. Yeah. You could buy up to double your amount of season tickets. Oh. So if your account has two, you could, on your day, purchase four, which is awesome. Now, if you have up to four seats, if you have four seats, you have to call the front office. You can't do it online. Because if you want to go double on that, then you got to go through a ticketing agent to help you with it. So if you are sitting on four and you've decided you want eight, you got to call. But up to eight total tickets, you can do it online by yourself. Double your own your your current allotment. So it's exciting. I'm getting eight anyway. I want to call. I want to get wine and dine a little bit. You know, I want <laughs> I want to sell. Well, and and I'll say that I think that there are. 
some advantages to doing it online and there are some advantages to talking to a to a person. Our ticket sales guys listen, some of those guys make money off of this stuff. Like some of them are commission based in some ways. And I ain't mad at them, go sell your stuff. Yeah. Get get that money, Sonny. Yeah. And so to help them, hey, absolutely call the office. By that same token, sometimes you got complicated stuff that you can't work out online. Right. Like, I've got, I need six, but I want three in this row and three in this row. Okay. Maybe you need to call and talk to somebody about how to make that happen. Or there's a person, there's one ticket sold in the area where we wanted to have ours. How do we make this work? Call in. Those guys will help out. They'll do the thing. But by that same token, the day season tickets go available, I have a hunch that for about a week and a half, it's going to be hard to call in and talk to our sales staff. Yeah. I just have a hunch. So this is an exciting time. Use it wisely. you got two weeks to talk to your people. Make sure they're going to be in your section. Make sure they're going to be in your row. Make sure they're on board with where you want to be. Okay? All right. So that's the that's the fun team news there. The second piece of team news I'll do is one that's personal to me, and that is there is a cornhole tournament at the tailgate this weekend. Yeah. It's available. Go online and register. I'm telling you this as a friend and as the person who quasi-organized this. There are not currently enough entrants for us to do this. As of this moment, if the amount of entrants we currently have or the amount at the end of the week, I'm going to send an apologetic email to those who have entered on Friday saying we've decided that, you know, due to uh, lack of participation, we are going to postpone this and, you know, we'll reschedule it for another time. Some of this is on me. I decided I wanted to do it on Monday. I started sending the stuff out on Monday. A week is not a ton of time for people to make their decisions about if they can be at a tailgate at 4 p.m. I get that. I get it. It's cool. Right now, there are not enough people. If you want to do it, get your partner, get online and register so that I know this is something you want to do. If you're thinking, I'll just register when I get there, and you can if we have it. Right now, we're not going to have it. So just as a heads up. Get on there, register for the Cornhole Tournament. I think it could be a lot of fun. I've set it up so that it would be a multi-week affair where you're playing before several tailgates in a row. All right. And I did that because I think it'd be cool to, if when you're getting to the Indy 11 game and it's the semifinals, to start seeing some cool Twitter clashes between yeah. people who think that you know Matt and Andy's team is going to dominate Jared and Casey's team or whatever. I think that stuff would be fun. But if we don't have enough people, I'll reevaluate and try to schedule this in a better, more conducive fashion. So get on there and register because I would love to throw this thing, but I'm not going to do it for, you know, nine teams. I'm just not. So If you're on the fence, it's essentially going to be the movie Bloodsport, but with, with cornhole. cornhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It is cornhole to the death. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. if you didn't realize that. Uh, the other part of it is the prize that I offered I thought was freaking amazing. What would you offer? The winning team... The two players on the winning team get to have a private dinner with Coach John Hackworth and Brad Estes. Ask them whatever you want. Pepper them with questions about the new stadium, about the team, about the goal scoring. That's a hell of a prize, right? I'm saying it is sick. And Hack is a delight to have dinner with. He is. He's great. If you haven't had dinner with John Hackworth, get better at cornhole. (laughs) Um, it's, it's, It's fun. So uh, please go out and join it because it'd be it'd be a lot of fun, but uh, not if we have uh, between seven and fourteen teams. I'm not going to do it for that. Do we need to bring our own bags? Uh, there is a button in the registration that says, "We'll bring my own 
boards and bags. Okay. Because I'll provide all the boards and bags if nobody can, mm-hmm. but if people can bring their own, that makes things easier on me, and I'd prefer that. Also, if you've never seen David O'Connell's cornhole boards, sick. Whew. Sick. I, and if we have it, they will be there. David O'Connell will not be there. No. But the boards themselves will be there. So, and they are, they're, they're like, Car paint quality. Oh, oh yes, with the uh, with the logo right in the middle. Oh, that's crazy. They're, they're nasty. He actually hangs them as mm-hmm. art in his man cave when they're not in use. All right, that's uh, those are the two big pieces of uh, loose city news that I personally have. Andy, is there any Scouse's House news? An amusing bit Ooh. of Scouse's House news. Jared running the tailgate. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know that was actually it. I'm sorry. That was it, bud. Shit. So, most people, <laughs> if you've been to a Scouse's house uh, tailgate, you know how good Shannon Allward is at cooking for a tailgate. Incredible. That's spectacular. The, the, the soccer pitch dip. Oh the seven-layer soccer pitch dip. The sliders. The, uh, the sliders. The, the famous pretzel, the purple pretzel rods. Oh, my gosh. Good shit. Oh, man. Well... Usually some hometown pizza or uh, yeah yeah well else none there. of that's gonna be there no instead Jared <laughs> Jared Englert Jared Englert our, our the one and only Scouse's Jared House ambassador will be doing the tailgate if you have a side feel free to bring he encourages you to bring it yeah I feel saw that text message yeah. earlier today feel free to be, bring a side which means what do we think that Jared is gonna provide here's the thing. Jared's actually a pretty good cook. He totally is. I've eaten his food and it's delightful. Um, but what's he going to do for a tailgate? I don't know. I'm picturing wings. He's very good at wings. He is very good at wings. I'm picturing wings. I don't know how like balls to the wall he wants to get with it. I've had his ribs. His ribs are spectacular. Okay. I don't know. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see. So just out of sheer like curiosity, yeah. come see what, Show Jared's, up. see what Jared's done. Uh and bring us out. Any other Scouse's House news? Mm-hmm. So that's the Scouse's House news. Now, in a change from tradition, because we yeah. have Matt here, I'll Ooh, say, yeah. do we have any Cooper's news Cooper's we feel news. the need to share? I know you guys have a charity of every month. Yes. Angel Share. Uh, this month, our current charity is Friends of Little Metro Animal Services. Lovely. Um, they, uh, let's see, on Saturday, we, are, we have a raffle. Uh, for a hometown pizza gift basket, and Ooh. also uh, a photograph on field on the field that is seven degrees hotter or whatever. It's yeah. hot than than everywhere else. Uh, Amusingly, I'll probably be the one taking that picture, so you'll get. I oh, know this is some... professional. This is EM Dash. Oh, they're gonna get the yeah, Dash yeah. pictures. Oh yeah. So yeah. they're going whole hog. Love it. Uh, yeah, and if you want a shot at that, that's five dollars uh, at the tailgate. The drawing is, I believe, five forty-five. If I'm wrong. I'm sorry, Michelle. Uh, but yeah, all those funds will go to Friends of Louisville Metro Animal Services, which help to offset the cost uh, and the budget of Louisville Metro Animal Services. That's great. So uh, there were going to be adoptable pups there, but it is going to be hot as balls. Yeah, yeah the so. heat. Those poor pups. Mm-hmm. No. no good. Um, this I think this segues nicely into, seeing as how we've been talking about the Cooper's tailgate and the Scouse's house tailgate, a little bit is segues nicely into the the spirit that I was discussing earlier of cooperation. That the tailgates are, while not merging, are are growing closer. Yeah. Uh, there's an encouragement of people going from one to the other and actually spending time at both tailgates. Uh, get out there. 
Um, my strong suggestion is if you're a Scouse's House person listening to this podcast and you haven't walked over to the Cooper's tailgate, do. For one thing, you don't need to feel guilty about taking or drinking or doing anything over there. Uh, if you do have that guilt, they have donations that are available for you to make. Right. They encourage you to do that, and it offsets their tailgate costs mm-hmm. for the year. But uh, at the minimum, spend some time with some people. You've probably got your own beers anyway. Show up with a beer. Yeah. Crack one. Uh, go to the bourbon tasting table. Contribute yeah. to Louisville uh, Friends of uh, Louisville Animal Services. Mm-hmm. Louisville Metro Animal Services. And there's yep. a. Uh, it's a nice place to be, and they. Uh, I believe it's Philly Cheese Takes this week. I think so. Yeah. And they do some cool stuff in terms of making food that is themed to the opponent or to the date. All right. And so this is a cool. They'll have some Philly Cheese Takes, I believe. Uh, they'll. The entire crew, Doug, and the group over there of the Lucity Tailgaters do just an unbelievable just job. Just a fantastic job. I can't uh, sing their praises enough. I ate some of the barbecue last week, and it was off the charts good. And uh, so I encourage everybody, walk the whole lawn is my suggestion. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. beyond just Scouse's House and the Coopers, if you're there... Everyone there is there to cheer on Louisville City. How many Bethlehem Steel fans do you expect to show up this week? Really? Yeah. Walk the whole lawn. There are 15 tents and everybody at every one of those tents, 30 tents at some of these games, and everybody at every one of those tents is perfectly happy to be like, hey, man, you yeah. know, have a beer, talk about the game, talk about Louisville City, talk about the city of Louisville, talk about whatever is on your mind. But this is a group that needs to join all together. And yeah. and screw the supporters groups. I'm just talking about these are the people who love this team enough to show up at two to five hours before the game starts because they like spending time with each other. And uh, I have yet to stop by a single tent where anybody was like, uh, I'd rather you weren't. Yeah. Could you? We're, we're having a yeah. private conversation. Right. Like, that's not the way this goes. So show up, tailgate, tailgate with the whole group, and then march into the match. Matt, what time does the march into the match start? 6.30. Simply half an hour before the game starts. Uh, we'll make a circle around the parking lot to pick up any air Any tailgaters. strays. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. It have is. you ever seen anybody, like, frowning in a parade? <laughs> Absolutely have not. And uh, so my encouragement then is that everybody sort of make it their habit. Start making your tailgate habit. That at 6.20, you start packing everything up. Like, yep. just be thinking. At mm-hmm. 6.20, this is pack it up time. It's time to go. It doesn't mean finish your beer. You've got an entire march to finish your beer. Oh, yeah. I'm saying at 6.20, crack open your last beer. Yeah. If you like, can't finish it, give it to me. I will help Matt you. Will absolutely. Beer. The yeah. march to the match is a fun thing. They do a nice job with it. The groove machine is all, always phenomenal. Best in the business. And so, march into the match. Here's the thing. I love... Lou City to the ends of the earth. I really do. We haven't maximized what our March the Match can be yet. I'm going to give credit where credit is not due right now and say, have you ever seen the Cincinnati March to the Match? The Cincinnati March to the Match, you can barely be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like You've got to get there a half hour early to be in the March. Otherwise, you're just like a straggler. I want us to get to the point where we come into the stadium – where I'm in the stadium at 6.15 going, this place is empty. Mm-hmm. And then at 6.45, you guys all roll in, and I'm like, it's full. Like, yeah. that's how I wanted to get to, is where the march to the match is a preeminent part of the entire experience. Yep. And you can't do that until everybody starts sort of buying in. 
Louisville is famous for being a city where we show up late to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's a, and that's adorable. Yeah. But are. the thing is, they show up late to stuff because they want to stay out in the parking lot and drink. Drink on the march, man. Drink in the stadium, man. Especially next year when it starts profiting the club. Right. But drink as you will. But get into the stadium and, and create that atmosphere from go. We've scored a couple of goals in the first five, six minutes of games in this. And it's amazing to me that we sometimes don't have the full crowd yeah. until we're 20 minutes in. So just saying, participate in all of this. The march to the match, the tailgating. Get involved because uh, if you're if you're listening to this, then you are obviously a passionate fan. And if you are a passionate fan and you are not taking advantage of all of the things that these uh, fan bases that uh, supporters groups do for you, then you're missing out. And by that same token, this is my strong encouragement to if you are currently listening to this and you are not a member, a paid card carrying member of one of these supporters groups. I don't know what you're doing with your time because they do so much. Scouse goes out and buys those international flags that hang out of his own pocket. The drums that the groove machine bangs on comes out of their pockets. The smoke that you see at every game when they score goals and you go nuts for comes out of somebody's pocket. And the tailgates that these guys put on, that Shannon does a great job with, that Doug and and the tailgaters do a great job with, comes out of somebody's pocket. And you can help defray those costs. Mm-hmm. And these supporters groups want to do more for you. They want to organize away game trips. Mm-hmm. They want to. They want to have non-game day get-togethers where everybody's hanging out and spending time together outside of just the soccer. They want all of this. So this is my impassioned plea. Join one of the supporters groups. It's 20 25 bucks for both of these groups. Mm-hmm. And you get what else? Some, you got twenty five bucks. What else are you doing with twenty five? You get bucks, some. Right? You get Nothing. some swag. You get stuff out of it. And also, you are you know that not only are you benefiting from how awesome the groove machine is drumming and how awesome the capos are capoing, yeah. you are helping to contribute to what they're doing, and that's and that's saying something. Plus, both of these groups do amazing charitable work, and they can't do it without funds. Yeah, they can't. Turns so, out. Yeah, and so please, if you if you are a passionate enough fan to be listening to this, and you are not a member of at least one of these groups, rethink yourself. Yeah. Like, w- w- how big of a fan are you? Because you love what these two groups provide to this team, and you're not helping them provide it. Yeah. And so that's my that's that's as far as I'll go in terms of soapboxing. You just chastised him. I did a little bit. I got Should rough with him. Shook him a little. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can tell you a lot of stuff. I can tell you how this 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 has all been a transformative experience for me. I can tell you how this has completely changed my life. Same. Supporting this club. Yeah. Um, but the bottom is the bottom line is it's a lot of fucking fun, guys. Yeah. Like yeah. we want to meet you. Uh, we want to introduce you to people that otherwise you might not have met. Yeah. We've got a lot of cool stories, and we're all there for the same reason. If you don't want to walk up and talk to people because you're awkward like me, I get it. Instant icebreaker. Yeah. Talk about the game. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to belong to stuff. And yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, the team knows it. Mm-hmm. We've, I mean, we've had several people say, no, we know. The team knows it. They hear us. They know we're there for them. And say what you want, that means something to me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? that, that's what makes you feel part of it. The players rely why, on this. That's why, that's, you know, to me, that's one of the biggest distinguishing things 
between soccer and any other sport is how involved the fans are and how much the team knows it. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Uh, and all of this is true and wonderful and good, and I'm, I'm hopeful that people take it to heart because I know there are 100-ish, 150-ish of you out there listening, and I'm guaranteeing you that not every single one of you is paying dues to one of these supporters groups. And it's just like, come on. Like, get really involved. You're paying attention to the team. Awesome. It's 25 bucks once. And, <laughs> and, and you get once. some really cool stuff out of it. And at the very minimum, even if you don't want a new hat, you don't want a new scarf, you don't, you don't give a shit if they have drumsticks, you've got a little bit of good feeling out of it, at the very least knowing that Scouse's House does a ton of good work with the Humane Society and with KRM, and that the Coopers do a charity every month for a local charity that yeah. needs your actual money. Like, this is all good, important stuff. Be a part of it. Like, it's it's worthwhile. Yeah. I kind of want to know some more about Matt Dalton. Ooh, what do you, what I do don't, you think? I'm going to You leave. have no yeah. interest in that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, you are the secretary. Secretary, of the yes. Uh, uh, first year season ticket holder? Like, what year did yes. you get involved? First year season ticket holder. I bought them on a whim. Uh, I didn't think the team would last, honestly. Okay. But that's, yeah. Wow. And were you a Cooper right from go, or did you sort of fall into that? I didn't join the Coopers until the second year. Okay. Uh, honestly, I was a little intimidated. Uh, but first game, I kind of sat towards the back, and I saw Alex Miner, Ken Luther, doing their capo thing. Immediately, I was like, this is fucking it. This yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, and I steadily moved up. Uh, eventually, got linked up with Wyatt Weeks. Uh, and Melissa, vice president of vice, the vice president shout out White um, brand new Greyhounds indoor soccer player congratulations mm-hmm. Wyatt Weeks for making the Mockingbird Valley team um, do you play no god no I play FIFA <laughs> there it is yeah, now yeah. We're talking. there it is uh, so you uh, got hooked up with uh, Wyatt and Melissa mm-hmm. and uh, got got sucked in yeah Uh you are now obviously an officer for the Coopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are also one of the the standard capos to get out there. Yep. You said earlier that you are a little bit of an awkward person. You don't yep. like necessarily going up to talk to people in person. Uh, how is it? Like, what kind of Hulk out do you have to do to go from being that person in your day to day life to being capo Matt, coming up with new chants, yep. cheering people on? Riling up the crowd. It's easy now. Uh, alcohol was definitely involved <laughs> yeah. in the first place, but no, oh, I. You am, mean purple stuff? Yeah, part that purple stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a generally a pretty reserved person, um, but I don't know. Uh, I was nervous as hell, and I got up there, and it was uh, I believe it was next to Ken, and he was screaming, and I was like, "Well, I got to do this, or he's going to clothesline me off of this capo stand." He's done it. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, so I just went for it, and it got easier every time. And now one of the absolute you know, flag bearers when it comes to being a capo for the games, you wrote the uh, We've Got Two Stars chant. Yep. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, how did you come up with this chant? Because it is, and I said this in public recently, it is my favorite of the current chants we've got going right now. And uh, I love call and response just because mm-hmm. it's so – it takes the burden off the crowd. Right. And uh, But that one's such a good one. Like, when, when did you come up with the idea? So call and response, yeah, we, we 
share that opinion. It's easier for everybody. Uh, you don't really even have to write anything down to give out to people or show anybody. Um, it's based on an A-League chant, which is the Australian uh, Football League, um, that I believe... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to get the team right. <laughs> but it's sort of a sped-up version of that. Um, and I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about... I like throwing in, like, history within the songs, right? These these are these are sort of like a current... This is the history of storytelling, right? It's a chronicle, spoken word stuff of where we've been and where we're going. Yeah. So I just kind of threw that in there. Also, well, it's really hard to rhyme purple. It is. Star is way easier. Star so is much easier, easier, man. Now, what is the uh, what is the main characteristic needed for a good capo? For a good capo, uh, you got to be willing to show up every match. Uh, we are a unit out there. Uh, we used to we used to have a set schedule, right? We'd have you're going up here from here from ten to fifteen, blah blah blah. But we kind of do it on the fly now because we know each other's strengths. Um, we know who likes to lead. We know who doesn't, who communicates well with the groove machine, who are an essential part of what we do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're 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 a pretty tight knit group, so you got to be able to obviously work well with others. Uh, you got to have a, a pretty solid memory. I forget the songs too, guys. It happens, right? <laughs> we've got we've got the song list taped on the stand. Uh, okay, you'll see me glance down. Um, you just gotta want to go for it, right? You got you gotta be Brian Ownby up there. You gotta be a force of nature. Love it, love it, uh, and that's the thing that always makes me jazzed for and about the Capos, is the notion that, man, that is like ultimate public speaking, mm-hmm. because in public speaking you need to engage the audience, and that's like your goal is to engage the audience. You guys need to not only engage the audience, you need to inspire the audience to join you. That is exhausting. Yeah. Like, Freddie Mercury would have been a pretty great capo, oh, yeah. I feel like. And that's because it's that notion of not just, I'm here to give you information and give you inspiration. It's, you then need to give me something back. And uh, that that is mind-blowing, because if I got up there and I started a chant and everybody was like, screw that guy, I'm not chanting his chant, that would be like the worst feeling of rejection I can imagine. It's tough, man. I've had a couple bomb. Just hard, and everyone just no. We're not doing that. Do one. you when that? Do you try them again, or do you, uh, or do you so just give up on that one? We're sort of a superstitious crowd, so if if you have a new chant and we get scored on, that's never gonna fly. It's out. <laughs> not it's out for no matter how meticulously we, it was yeah, crafted. We all know it. Um, it's it's especially tough after we get scored on. Sure. Uh, it's it's tough for us sometimes to motivate ourselves. We just got to get up there and just. I'm just trying to get keep you guys that energy which is probably the most important time to do it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know? Keep that energy level up. Keep the team <coughs> motivated. And for for our listeners who are Scouse's House devotees and not Lou City devotees, because it's some. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a different animal on that side of the pitch. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, came out of some of the meetings we've been having lately was the idea of sort of time sharing. A little bit. And so yeah. getting some of the Scouse's House people over to the Capo's end to sort of, A, interact, not necessarily Capo, but right. to get over there and to, to feel that energy and to feel that vibe. And then for some of the Coopers to come over and spend some time over on the Scouse's House end and sort of hear those those pinpoint needle pricks that we like to deliver to the mm-hmm. opposing team. Uh, how 
how have you felt that the uh, the integration of those has gone? So there's last uh, I spent a lot of the second half of the Nashville match over in the Scouts House end, and it was so while the two goals were scored. Yes, yes, nice. Um, there's a lot of things that we can kind of take from each other, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in terms of uh, like you said, like it's it's pinpoint strikes versus kind of carpet bombing. Yeah, uh, we. It's uh, obviously the view you can't beat Scouse's house. Um, yeah, it's it's just, pretty great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I was I haven't been I hadn't been there since the Eastern Conference Championship. Sure, for the PKs and nobody got to the rail. Uh, no. The Scouse's house people, we were all like, oh nope, yeah. we're we're holding our spots. I, don't blame you. I, do I got not blame pushed you. up against the rail until I was just like oh, squashed. Yeah. I was like, I don't even care. And then uh, when the Ballard shot went in, oh, my God. But uh, the bottom line to me is I think that there's real value, not in in being on either side or, or, or whatnot, but to just sort of know that this is an enormous family of people yeah, yeah. and that you all have different strengths and different interests and different ways of going about doing things, but that it is all for the same goal. And uh, I... Now for the games, I stand for the first for one half on the Cooper's end and one half on the Scouse end, and I really truly love it, getting to catch both sides of uh, what's going on, because man, I, I'll go over to the Scouse's house end, and sometimes when I'm standing down there, I'm like, we don't really have the drum working at all. Like I'm, I'm on the Cooper's end, and you're just the whole yeah. time you're head bobbing, and you're. I try not to chant and sing because there's a little something to that for people on the field doing it. Right. But I mean, I, I get I get the I get the emotion going, and then I get over to the Cooper uh, the Scouse end, and I'm like, it's not much. But also by that same token, I'll come from the Scouse's house end and go to the Cooper's end and be like. The keeper hasn't got a clue what you guys are saying. Whereas oh, yeah. over on the uh, oh, scouse yeah. end, you can see no, the keeper just start to seethe <laughs> from being told exactly how awful of a person he is yeah. and how bad at his job he is. And so it's there's real value in both of those concepts. And I love the idea of the keeper having to deal with that on both sides mm-hmm. of the field and the players for our team getting to hear it on both yeah. ends of the field. I love it. And I think that there's something to be said for people understanding what the other half does. Yeah. Um, Man, you should come stand on the rail with us and, and hurl hurl insults at him. It was fun. I said it was me and Joe Fallon. Uh, we, we sang a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You guys were very welcoming. They, they oh, yeah. Some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the thing about it is, if you're on the Scouse's house end, it's a lot of we are the champions, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of we love you city. And those are the two main chants they do yeah. a lot of throughout the game. One thing that I try, I, I'm not much of a drummer, but in a couple of games where our normal drummers did not attend, one thing that I like the idea of on the Scouse end is like war drums. I do too. Like We've had a few games where we did that where it was just a constant. Where it's just boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. Like that wall of sound, really and, and where it, like like actual war drums, yeah. like on the the Coopers, and you can't just do that because there are so many great chants and cheers, and you've got talented drummers who can do actual drumming. On the Scouts end, we don't have that, and so I like the idea of somebody on the Scouts end just being like, you know what, we're gonna have a constant annoying ass beat that'll yeah. drive the keeper freaking crazy. Yeah. Of just you know, dun 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 dun. Get this dude tense and get him to make a mistake. 
But I mean, I feel like there's real something to the idea of having different kinds of cheering sections that a keeper's got to deal with all game. And that's half the idea of Scouse's house in the first place. Yeah. No one in Scouse's house ever thought the Coopers are dumb or we don't like those guys or why are they doing that? It was just, that's not the way we want to support the team. Right. But also I think some people have ended up there just by virtue of where you bought your ticket, or yeah. you met Scouse at a thing, and he convinced you, and that happens a lot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think there's something to the idea of go over to the Cooper's End for a half, for a game, for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and just see what it's like because it's a different animal. Both sides are a different animal, and it's not better or worse; it's just different. Mm-hmm. Get involved. Uh, okay, so it turns out, according to Andy's watch, that I have gone way long on yeah. this, as per usual. Uh, Andy, you got any specific questions for Matt? Because uh, you're from Louisville. Yes, born and raised. South you go to high school. There it is. I South went, End. Yeah, I went to Iroquois. Really? Yeah, yeah. Andy's a really? South End boy. Really? Really? I went to DeSales. No shit. Yeah, no right shit. down the street, man. Yeah, yeah. My dad still lives over on Esplanade. Matt, a- Matt actually beat Andy up once. <laughs> it turns <No>. out, <laughs> <laughs> did not happen. How old are you? I am 33. Okay. Thirty-three years old, so he's a he's a young pup. Yeah, compared mm-hmm. to us, uh, that's that's good. We need to have. I, I consistently worry about the day when I'm too old to cheer because I think it's like a year and a half away. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm very nearly worn out all the cheering I've got in me. You know what the problem with a super humid and hot game is? I just thought about this for you all specifically. When you all let out the smoke bombs mm-hmm. during a goal. If there's no wind and it's humid, it just oh, dude, sits yeah. on you. It's like fog. It just sits yeah. on you. I can't be good to breathe. It's acrid, <laughs> man. It is acrid. Uh, what's your all-time favorite non-playoff game? Non-playoff game. Um, the Cincy 5 right. right? It's, it's got to be, it's right? It's too easy. Yeah. i got to give up on that question because yeah. everybody's just like, Cincy 5 right? Yeah, we missed that one, too. And Andy and I oh, missed that game. It is it. literally one of two games I've ever missed. And uh, I, I, I yeah. and it's my fault. So, I mean, I take the blame for that. It was your fault. I planned his bachelor party and didn't even think to check the schedule before I did it. And we were in Vegas. Uh you are uh, a part of the Coopers. Are you a part of a family unit of any kind? Uh, I am engaged. Just recently got Woo! engaged. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. I knew that I was leading him there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that actually in Vegas. So um, it was crazy. I never thought I'd be doing something like that, but... I guess that's kind of what everybody says until they actually kind of meet that until person. Until you get engaged, it's like, yeah. I didn't really think I was going to yeah. get engaged. I, like, I don't agree with marriage as a concept, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I said all of that shit. Hi, everybody Simone. did. Everybody yeah. did. And then you meet, the, you meet that person, you're like, oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to do this, yeah. Oh. Uh, you got a date set? No, not yet. All right. Uh, do you post a lot on Wolf City Reddit? You seem like no, a Reddit guy. I read a lot of Reddit, but I don't post very Lurker. much. Yeah, I'm the I'm same. I'm a lurker. Same. Are you in a storm area 51? <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Have you aged yourself up yet? Yes. Actually, did someone did face- it for me today, and I look homeless. So, okay. Oh, I look terrible. Yeah, I did it it's today. Not good. It's, it's horrifying. I, it's annoying, but I look exactly like what I'm going to look like. Well, yeah. Did it's you see just, all the team did it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did see that. Sure I still had did. a full head of hair, so I'm cool with that. Hey, I, yeah, I did too. The, I'm living in a box. It's whatever. As I was as a I got silver these. fox. 
the one thing I've got guaranteed for me for my life is like bald is not in the cards. Like I'm 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 good on that front. I'm gonna be fully gray before I'm forty, but I'm gonna I am. The hair is not going away. My dad is. Uh, I have the exact same hair as my dad. My dad's seventy and has full mane. Are you gonna still. start doing the soul patch like your dad? I should. My dad wears a soul patch. Hell yeah! Only during Cardinals playoff pushes. Which is so. <laughs> my dad. My dad is a monstrous Cardinal St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And in the 2011 World Series, our favorite, his favorite player pitcher at the time, Chris Carpenter, wore a uh, soul patch. And my dad, to help the team win, yeah. grew a soul patch like that. And now whenever we need a push, the Cardinals, he, mm-hmm. uh, he'll he grow the soul patch back out. Just wake mm-hmm. up one day and go, it's, it's patch time. Basically. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a handsome silver patch. Uh, I could not pull that off. It's actually the one part of my facial hair that is not immense. So, yeah. like, I, I kind of grow blonde and the only place where it's a little thinner, so... I like that Matt Dalton is a beard guy mm-hmm. and like a true beard guy. Uh, you get those people who are like, oh, beards are cool. I'll grow one. Matt Dalton strikes me as a right. actual beard guy. Yeah, it creates the illusion of a jawline. So it really helps me out. <laughs> Precisely. Precisely. Uh, I think that covers what we needed to know. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you got anything else you feel like you need to share? Uh, no, I think we're good. Thank you so much for having me on. This. Yeah, this man. Was Amazing. This is fantastic. So to say that stuff. I need to say you had fun. Yeah. We're, all right, we're, it was all right. We're, I mean, <laughs> it was cool. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you came on. And uh, sincerely, uh, as a front office employee, I'll say that uh, supporter groups are the absolute utter backbone of this club. And that if they do not thrive, the club will not thrive. We're going into a new stadium next year. You may have heard. And uh, it uh, it will be what the environment is like will be absolutely dependent on quality supporters groups mm-hmm. on both ends of the field. So continue to do what you're doing, Matt, continue to do what you're doing, Andy. And if you're out there, be supporter group led. And if you're a part of a supporters group and you guys aren't official, go through the process of becoming an official supporters group. Yeah. Like do it because I want to support you and yeah. I can only do that for the official groups. So yeah. we need come a on. bigger ecosystem here, guys. And yeah. the you know, big clubs around the world have, you know, dozens. So we, we want to get to that point. Right now we got two and they're pretty great. I'm a fan of both. Uh that's all I got, Andy. That's all you got. That's all I got. Well then uh, let's just say uh we'll end this podcast the way we end every single podcast, and that is by saying a hearty and sound Go City!